The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. Let's meet our panel, mostly on the younger side, actually. Sanira Chaudhry is here, employment lawyer at Workley Law. Robert Benzi, Queens Park Bureau Chief at the Toronto Star. And Richard Krause is the host of the last of the podcast, Last Call, with Richard Krause. Good morning to you all. Uh, Good morning. Let's listen in one more time to one of the three apologies that were issued yesterday by Anthony Rota, the Speaker of the House of Commons. Once again... I want to apologize for what happened and really tell you that the intention was not to embarrass this house. The intention was to show what history was about and how it continues and how things should stop. My sincere apologies to the House, to each and every one of you who are in the House today, and to all Canadians for having been put through this. Sanira, I'll start with you, and you can hear it in his voice, and it probably raises a few hairs for you as well. I mean, that's a man begging for his job. Oh, absolutely. Full of contrition, full of embarrassment. Uh, I think that the apology was certainly authentic and from the heart. And uh, I think as Canadians, the longer the story continues to drag out, I mean, of course, it's, it is, it is. Uh, I think, a, a, a national and potentially international embarrassment. I don't know that continuing this sort of dialogue, though, to call for, for the resignation, when it sounds to me like the proper protocol was followed uh, with respect to vetting guests. Uh, we all know that there's there's probably way easier ways. I uh, we saw that uh, Andrew Shear said this could have probably been uncovered with a simple Google search. All that being said, uh, I don't know that the speaker should should take the fall for this, especially after the the numerous apologies we've heard. Okay, well, let me put it to Robert Benzie then, because I just don't see how he can entertain the confidence of the House moving forward. Two of the parties have declared against him. And, uh, you know, it just, it is a real international embarrassment. I agree with Sanira in the sense that it was a heartfelt apology, but I don't think that Mr. Rota can survive as speaker. He's lost the confidence of the House. Uh, it is an international embarrassment. And the problem, too, is it it actually shows that whoever, was, whether it's him or his staff, they didn't really, they don't really know their history very well because the only people fighting against Russia in 1943 were, was Nazi Germany. So, uh, and those sympathetic to Nazi Germany. So this fellow who was honored in the house uh, should never have even been there. I mean, it's, this is a total humiliation. And I, I know that the, 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 some of the opposition parties want to blame this on the Liberal government. I don't think this is on the Liberal government. I think this is only on Rhoda, but he has to quit. Yeah, Richard Krauss, interesting that in that clip we listened to, he said, I wanted people to know their history. Clearly nobody in his office did. And I keep on imagining that of all people, probably Christia Freeland and Volodymyr Zelensky himself were probably standing there clapping, going... That guy's a Nazi. Yeah. yeah, why are we clapping here? <laughs> uh, listen, I'm not someone who, uh, typically speaking, thinks that uh, people have to pay for every infraction uh, with their jobs. You know, so often on social media and even on this radio station, we call for people to quit. You have to quit because you made a mistake. Uh, but in this case, uh, I think this is insurmountable. I think uh, that it not only uh, paints uh, 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 or 
casts a shroud over Zelensky's otherwise very successful visit uh, to uh, Canada and the United States. Uh, but it feeds into Russian propaganda. Uh, it is just an all-round um, mistake that uh, I just don't see how Anthony Rhoda uh, moves forward from. Uh, today, by 5 o'clock, I'll be very surprised if he's still Speaker of the House. Oh, I'd imagine by 1, but we'll see and we'll cover it right here on News Talk 1010. So, turns out it's cheaper to get a parking ticket than to pay to park in some Toronto lots. And then a lot of people, like me, I will freely confess, take the bet that they're not going to be caught. Because, And Robert Benzie, I'll start with you. I find enforcement in this town extraordinarily casual. And or, or, or arbitrary. I, you know, I, I live on a street where you have to switch your, you know, 15th of the month or whatever. You have to switch to park on other, the other side so they can clean the streets. And I've gotten numerous tickets because I've forgotten it's the 15th or the 16th. I can't remember what day that they actually force you to switch. And, and my, the ticket is more than $30. It's usually $50, I think. Um, so I was surprised uh, when my, my colleague Ben Spur wrote this story about how it's only a $30 ticket in a city-owned parking lot. So I understand why they would want to raise the the fines because you would you would you know think that you could just get away with uh, with just taking a ticket and and that would be that. Well, and Richard Krauss, this is uh, neither here nor there for you. You don't even own a car, do you? I don't own a car. I haven't driven a car in years. Uh, I live downtown. I walk. I take. You're one uh, of those. I'm one of those. <laughs> well, I rarely go above Bloor Street, so it's not hard to uh, get around. But you know, people say, "Oh, you know, uh, we, Toronto's becoming more like New York City all the time." And in this case, this is something that happens in New York. Parking tickets aren't that expensive, and people are willing to brave them because uh, parking is so expensive there. Uh, and it's happened here, and uh, something has to be done. I I would say jack up the prices, but as you say, uh, of the tickets, but as you say, I don't drive. It doesn't really affect me. Well, Sanira, I can certainly attest in Montreal, a cop would show up at the drop of a hat. So I always thought, okay, I'm going to get a ticket here. Not so much. I don't know, John. I think I see these parking enforcement folks on the weekend seem they seem very diligent and focused. So I don't know if I if I agree entirely there, but I actually think this is a bit tone deaf. We're a city. We're trying to get people back in the city. We're trying to get people back to going to work and going to to events. And this is a bad news story. We're going to jack up parking. Um, it's a reminder that folks that take the TTC that don't pay. Well, I, and I agree with this one that. Folks that take the TTC and don't pay, their fine could be up to four hundred and twenty-five bucks. Where if you if you park a whole car in downtown Toronto, it's thirty bucks. But hiking this up, I mean, it's just going to have people talking about not coming into the city. It's way too expensive. Talking about the traffic and the, and the chokeholds that we all face getting in and out of the city. I don't know. I, I don't think this is the right time for this type of issue to be, you know, getting the oxygen it is. During the pandemic, a lot of businesses were granted loans by the federal government with a deadline for payback, and that deadline is looming. They've been given a little extra time, but now apparently the government is saying, you know, what you really should do is just take out a bank loan, pay us back, and then you can pay the loan on your own schedule. Uh, Richard Krauss, this is a tough file because some of these businesses would probably go out of business anyway, irrespective, like ignoring COVID. But COVID did a number on a lot of independent business. 
Absolutely. And particularly uh, restaurants. I know it affected a lot of businesses, but I understand the restaurant business a little bit more. So I'll speak to that. Uh, A lot of restaurants applied for this because of uh, the kinds of uh, strict rules that that they were put under uh, the lockdowns. There was uh, one situation where they were allowed to open, you know, they restocked, they bring in a friend of mine who runs a bar on the Danforth, brought in all sorts of kegs and things. And 11 days later, they were forced to locked down again and he lost thousands of dollars because once you tap those kegs you can't send them back uh and so restaurants got hit really 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 hard and the idea uh that they should just take out a loan and pay the money back straight away is enough to to uh cause i think real hardship uh, for a second time give them another year give them another two years to pay it back this was imposed by the government let them breathe give them time to get back on their feet business has not sprung back uh in the way that uh, we wanted it to or expected it to or the way it has in in many other cities give them a chance to pay it back without becoming a, a, an extra burden on them. Okay, Sunira, they have had a considerable runway to pay it back, but a lot of them are saying we just don't have the cash flow. Yeah, it's to Richard's point, hospitality hasn't bounced back the way uh, that, that it expected to, that's for sure. And I think, you know, from the employment piece, especially in Ontario, small and, and medium-sized businesses are the largest employer collectively uh, in our province. We've got to protect small and medium-sized businesses. And to to turn a, a cold shoulder to them saying, and 900,000 businesses applied for this loan. So to suggest that we're not going to extend uh, the deadline in terms of the forgiveness piece, the loan forgiveness piece, which isn't currently on the table. I think that's really going to uh, really force a lot of these businesses to take out high interest loans. We all know how how much interest uh, has gone up. And it absolutely could impact not just these companies surviving, but employees staying employed. Okay, I want to take advantage of your being here, Robert Benzie, to hop to something else, which would be everything that happened at Queen's Park yesterday. I found it to be a fairly lackluster question period, which astonished me because, I mean, there's blood in the water. And then Doug Ford kind of diffused things, saying, not only am I putting all the land back in the green belt, but I'm going to lock it up. No, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think the opposition had the greatest day yesterday. But having said that, the government is in free fall in terms of the Greenbelt land swap scandal. And it's not going to go away just because they had a, a, a relatively good day in Queen's in uh, question period. Um, I, I, I was surprised that every question from the opposition wasn't uh, on the Greenbelt. They were asking about other things. The New Democrats were asking about other things. The Liberals stuck to the Greenbelt. But I, I, it was it just it it was a scattergun approach, and and I know from covering past scandals that it's it, it, it opposition is most effective when they are focused on one theme. When they start to they were talking about school buses and 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 healthcare, which are important issues for sure. But I think when, as you say, John, there was so much blood in the water. Maybe focus on that. Um, not a lot of time on the clock, so let me just quickly ask uh, Richard Krauss. Man calls nine one one after they got his Tim's order wrong. And I love that the operator says, what kind of emergency is this? Um, uh, And then finally she said, are we good? He said, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone, yeah. Listen, I, I, it's hard to imagine that anyone uh, in this time when uh, it's hard to get through to nine one one when you're put on hold when you go through nine one one would waste nine one one's time with a Tim order uh, Tim Hortons uh, complaint. It kind of blows my mind. I wish I had something really super clever to say about it, but I don't. It's just 
don't call 911 unless it's a real emergency. Your iced cap order is not an emergency. Yeah, and Sonera, it's uh, extraordinarily rare that a recording of a 911 call is released in Canada, but they did it because they wanted to demonstrate how dumb this call was. Yeah, and I think, you know, we see this spike in, in even these emergency calls coming from, I think, a lot of our smartphones where it's so easy if you have a, a kid around or a butt dial that's calling 911. So it's it's a probably a, a bit of a bigger problem than, than we think. And this Tim's order fiasco that was on purpose but so many of us are calling so many of us are calling accidentally too so i think it's a good reminder that we keep a, a check on our smartphones thank you all good to have you this morning sanira chaudhry robert benzi and richard kraus catch the round table round one at seven forty-five. round two at eight forty-five. weekday mornings on more in the morning news talk 1010 toronto